Welcome to Formosa News. I'm Celia Chan. Amid a worsening drought, the government has decided to extend the ongoing irrigation cuts in Xinzhu, Miaoli, and Taichung. Water to rice paddies will be cut off throughout the first crop season of 2021, which lasts from February to June. The suspension means that there won't be a rice harvest in these areas in the first half of the year. Officials stress that the policy will not lead to a rice shortage as sufficient reserves are in stockpile. South of Taoyuan, the water shortage is Taiwan's worst in 56 years. After convening a crisis meeting, Economics Minister Wang Meihua announced a halt to irrigation next year in Xinzhu, Miaoli and Taichung. Officials will decide on January 5th if Taoyuan will follow suit. Rainfall has been abundant in Taipei and Yilan. The Feitsui Reservoir is close to overflowing, but south of Taoyuan, the water supply is extremely tight. According to our data, reservoirs in Taoyuan, Miaoli and Taichung are at historic lows. There will not be a crop shortage because of the irrigation cuts. We're looking very carefully at how each crop is growing. As of 3 p.m. on Tuesday, Taoyuan's Shimen Reservoir was at 66.3% capacity. But a drought alert is still in place for the reservoir as it will have to supply water to far-ranging areas. Xinzhu, Miaoli and Taichung will soon face Stage 2 water rationing. These areas are currently on a yellow alert, meaning that water pressure is lowered at night. Once the alert is heightened to orange, water rationing will tighten. From January 6, industrial users that consume more than 1,000 tons of water a day will face a 7% cut in their water supply, while non-industrial users will get up to 20% less water than before. Water pressure will also be lowered at night at the Shinju Science Park. We will not cut the water supply straight away, but if we're not irrigating, it's so that people in industry can use and conserve that water. Rationing the water supply at night can help us conserve water better. Firms at the Shinju Science Park have voiced concerns over the impending water cuts. Global Wafer CEO said there could be trouble if water pressure were lowered by more than 10 percent. Minister Wang said that water allocation is currently a top priority for the government. She said work was being done on a pipeline that can direct water from Taoyuan to Xinzhu. If we finish the connecting pipe between Taoyuan and Xinzhu in January next year, it will be able to offer some relief. The minister says dry weather is forecast until next June under the influence of the El Nino effect. That means the water crisis is likely to get worse before it gets better. Experts say Taiwan should lower the threshold that COVID patients must reach before being discharged from the hospital. Currently, patients need to produce a CT number of at least 35 to be judged free of COVID. But this threshold is hard to many patients to reach, even when all other evidence shows that they are not infectious. Experts say patients can be safely released once they produce a CT number of at least 34. Toward the end of the treatment, patients tend to test positive and then negative and then positive. They tend to have a CT value that's above 34. We've read up on a lot of research and we know that those with a CT value of 34 or more are unlikely to fall ill again. In other words, they did not pose much of a threat to people around them. If they meet two criteria, they can be let out. The first is that they didn't suffer a severe case. If their PCR test is negative, of course they can be let out. If their PCR test is positive but very weak with a CT value of around 34, generally speaking, their infection rate will be close to zero. There are, cur 
there are currently 127 COVID patients still in hospital care. Under current protocols, they'll need to test negative twice in a row. Experts say that lowering the CT threshold to 34 would be beneficial for patients' mental well-being and conserve medical resources. A new poll finds that the Thai administration rounding out 2020 with an approval rating of nearly 53 percent. According to the Taiwanese Public Opinion Foundation, which conducts monthly polls, the president has stayed popular throughout the year, despite the ups and downs of the pandemic. Ratings for her premier, Su Chen Chang, have also remained stable above 50 percent. Looking back on its polling from the past year, the Taiwan Public Opinion Foundation said that although Tsai's approval ratings have slid, they still stand above 50 percent. Public support for Su's cabinet also remains high at 51.4 percent, while approval for the DPP government in general is 51 percent. Premier Su or Su's cabinet has over the past two months won more favor than disapproval from the public. For now, the political crisis of the cabinet is diffused. Public opinion was positive on the Thai administration's efforts against COVID with nearly 85 percent approval. And with Taiwan's GDP increasing despite the pandemic, public approval is up for Thai's economic performance. At 58 percent satisfaction, more people approved than disapproved for the first time since August 2016. But on Tsai's decision to allow U.S. pork imports containing ractopamine, more than 60 percent of respondents said they disapproved. The harm caused by the U.S. pork policy will still be very serious. It is said that the impact of U.S. pork will be great. But the U.S. pork issue only came to the fore in August. Prior to the month of July, approval ratings had already been declining for four to five months. So what happened there? It's a big mystery. As 2020 comes to a close, it's clear many challenges lie ahead for Tsai in her second term. Residents of Beitou's Hutian borough received an unusual text message on Tuesday morning, warning them of an impending volcanic eruption. It was part of the first test run of Taiwan's new volcano early warning system, which launches officially on January 1, 2021. The warning system was created this year after scientists discovered that a dormant volcano group in northern Taiwan is, in fact, active. The smartphone vibrates as an alert comes in. It's the first ever test run of Taiwan's volcano early warning system. According to research by the Academia Sinica, the Datuan volcano group is not dormant as previously thought. In other words, this active volcano group still could erupt in the future. In response to the finding, the Central Weather Bureau created an early warning system for volcanic eruption, which was tested in the Hutian borough of Beitou district. It wouldn't be an explosive eruption. It would not emit a large amount of volcanic ash. Mainly, it would be lava flow. Locals said that compared to earthquake alerts, the volcano alarm was too short and easy to miss. They said they wouldn't know where to go in the event of an actual eruption. The earthquake alerts go beep, beep, beep. This one I couldn't hear. The government should have a plan, a plan for evacuation of residents in the vicinity of the volcano. That way, we would be less panicked. On New Year's Day, the volcano early warning system is set to go live to heighten public awareness of potential volcanic threats. Taipei Zoo's baby panda Yuan Bao made her public debut on Tuesday. 
The six-month-old giant panda was seen playing in her enclosure alongside her mother. Zookeepers say Yuanbao currently spends more than 16 hours a day sleeping. So if you visit her in coming weeks, you'll have to count on luck to catch her awake. She steps carefully along the tree trunk, focused on the path ahead. Tuesday was the public debut of Taipei Zoo's baby panda, Yuanbao. I think today will be the only crowd-free day, because once it's in the news, once you broadcast this, it's all over. We'll all have to wait in line then. Whether she's tossing in her sleep or yawning wide, anything Yuanbao does elicits oohs and ahs from zoo-goers big and small. Meanwhile, Yuanbao's mom, Yuanyuan, is taking a break from looking after her daughter by munching on bamboo. Yuan Bao saw the enriched installations and started to play with them. Her mom went straight for the food once she came in. Yuan Bao adapted well to her first encounter with visitors, approaching her new surroundings with curiosity and excitement. She's not as bold as her sister Yuan Zai, though, having a more cautious personality. Yuan Bao is still drinking breast milk. That hasn't changed yet. But she's playing around with other foods. For example, she tries to help out with the bamboo peeling, or she might take an interest in trying out the feed buns. She's looking at how different foods are taken apart. Crowds may not be too big these next few workdays, but the zoo is expecting a flood of panda lovers this coming New Year's long weekend. Visitors are asked to follow public health rules when coming to see the zoo's newest star. Miali's clear waters make it a great place to raise tasty crawfish. One of the more popular varieties of the crustacean is Australian red claw crawfish of which 2,000 caddies are produced each year. Farmers say they hope the crawfish variety will save their profits amid the waning demand for Chinese mitten crabs. Fresh out of the pond, a haul of Australian red claw crawfish crawl and squirm. Crawfish farmer Peng Zhuzhu has been in the business for five years. He says when he started, others were rushing to raise Chinese mitten crabs. He says back then, he was worried that the market would get saturated, so he decided to raise red claw crawfish instead. Here, Peng explains how to differentiate between males and females. It's easiest to tell them apart by their claws. This one is male. It's larger and it's red. Female claws don't have any red and are smaller. I bred them all myself. Red claw crawfish thrive in captivity, which keeps production stable. Peng is the founder of an association of crawfish farmers in Miaoli. His crawfish operation is not only government certified, it also boasts a prime location. Most importantly, the water quality here is extremely clear. Larger crawfish are eaten boiled, while smaller ones get stir-fried. Here are some tips on how to shell them. Just squeeze the sides and start peeling the shell there, then pinch the tail. Once you do that, all the meat will come out. Fresh crawfish are a tasty bite. Miali's farmers hope these delicious crustaceans will open up new business opportunities in the area. The U.S. House of Representatives has voted to overturn President Donald Trump's veto of the 2021 defense bill, which contains pro-Taiwan provisions. The vote on Monday was 322 to 87, surpassing the two-thirds majority necessary to overcome a presidential veto. This bill is the 2021 National Defense Authorization Act, which has an enormous budget of 21 trillion NT dollars. Trump had vetoed the bill, saying it did not include critical national security measures and that it disrespected veterans and U.S. military history. 
The bill will now head to the Republican-led Senate. If the Senate also votes to override, Trump would be hit with the first veto overturn of his tenure. The import ban on American pork fed with the controversial additive rectopamine has been lifted. Many Taiwanese consumers are wary of the new import, and officials have sought to reassure the public that country of origin labeling will allow them to make informed choices while shopping. But some are angry about how the pork labeling systems have been implemented. With more than 10 different labels in circulation issued by different government agencies, critics say the labels are too confusing. Customers choose from a range of sausages at this stall. The vendor has already put up signs stating the countries of origin of her products. But these signs are not standard nationwide. There are multiple versions which confuse even experts. She has her official food permit certificates on hand to reassure buyers. We take the country of origin certificate out to prove it. Some labels are like this, others are different. I'm not sure myself which one is clear. Local governments have hurried to issue labels before the end of the year, as have the Council of Agriculture and the Ministry of Health and Welfare. There are at least 10 versions in circulation. The health ministry's label is a green sticker with golden writing to symbolize Taiwanese pork. But anyone can download it from the internet. Critics say its usage has no credibility. The Council of Agriculture has produced a green logo with white writing, which retailers have to apply for in writing. Local governments, including Taoyuan and Jianghua, have issued their own designs, which also require retailers to undergo checks. I don't know which ones are right. It would be better if they were all the same. You can't tell them apart otherwise. The label controversy looks set to continue for months, but some say they're just a token safeguard. The real issue is strengthening controls on imported pork and its supply chains. Five of the military's medical officers have been promoted for their work combating COVID behind the scenes. They were among the 30 military officers promoted by President Tsai Ing-wen in a ceremony on Tuesday. During the COVID-19 outbreak at the start of this year, we invested a great deal of manpower in detection and prevention, a great deal of research effort. In the shortest amount of time possible, we developed antigen and antibody quick screening test reagents for COVID. Dr. Hong Yiren runs Taiwan's only P4 laboratory, a highly secure facility that handles nuclear, biological and chemical projects for the military. He's one of the five medical officers promoted to one-star general on Tuesday. Others were from military hospitals in Taipei, Songshan, Hualien, Kaohsiung, and Taichung. Taipei City's New Year's Countdown concert is going ahead with precautions in place for COVID-19. For the first time in the history of the event, the audience will be capped at 80,000 people. Access to the venue will be restricted to 24 designated rent entrances. Eating and drinking will be prohibited, and masks will be mandatory at all times. Those who violate regulations can face fines of 3,000 NT. Meanwhile, the Taipei 101 building has cancelled its New Year's Eve bash, which was to be held in its observatory. Nearby department stores have also cancelled their New Year's parties and markets. Over in New Taipei, the local government has postponed its fireworks show in Bali and has made its New Year's Day flag-raising ceremony viewable online only. Taoyuan, Taichung, Tainan and Kaohsiung will all hold their scheduled activities, albeit with extra safety measures.
A team from National Taiwan University has developed the world's first artificial intelligence-powered early detention tool for pancreatic cancer. The program can filter images from CT scans and predict which patients might be at risk from the deadly disease. They claim the results are 98% reliable and will drastically improve treatments outcomes. This was the last public appearance of beloved Taiwanese TV presenter Fu Daren, who passed away aged 85. Popular personality Liu Junyao also suffered from pancreatic cancer. Hard to detect early, the disease is sometimes called the silent killer or the king of cancers. At the moment, the tool we mainly rely on to detect and diagnose pancreatic cancer is the CT scan. But when a tumor is small, for example, smaller than 2 centimeters wide, past research has shown that almost 40% of such small tumors are not clearly visible or might fall through the net entirely. These tumors grow very fast, so if they're not discovered when they're small, you've lost a very important opportunity for treatment. These colors indicate the location of potential tumors detected by the technology. NTU Hospital used a training data set of over 3,000 images to create the first AI model in the world that can automatically detect pancreatic cancer from CT scans. They claim it is 98.3% sensitive to those less than 2 centimeter wide tumors Dr. Liao mentioned. It can even detect lesions less than one centimeter wide. Our system can filter the images quickly and tell you out of these 10 images, there's one with a very high risk of pancreatic cancer. Then, the doctor can very swiftly check whether that patient has cancer or not, and the patient can soon go ahead with the next step of diagnosis or treatment. To achieve this goal, we use AI deep learning as well as radiomic, and also some quite complex mathematical statistics and high-performance computing. The research has earned recognition from international journals, and further tests are being carried out by teams overseas. They hope the tool will be widely used in medical settings and help patients and doctors get a head start on problems with the pancreas. Meat lovers take note. A Taipei restaurant has added Japan's famous Kagoshima Wagyu beef to its menu. Every possible kind of beef preparation is on the menu. Customers can choose sample a selection of barbecue, ox tongue, Wagyu sushi, and even raw beef delicacies. A steak rests on the griddle, steaming. They're turned over for a crispy skin and tender pink centre. Japan is famous for its high-fat Wagyu beef, but now this leaner breed is growing in popularity. The front of the cow's leg gets a lot of exercise. The meat, with its visible fibrous layers, is cooked to medium rare. There are other parts of the leg that are slightly fattier and softer. There are two types of Wagyu from Japan. One is the type that melts in your mouth. The other is the lean parts, the chewier parts, like the thigh, which have a chewier texture. Ox tongue is another favourite, which can be cut thick or thin. It's also divided into four sections. The top section is fattiest, with the centre front more springy and the sides and back have their own distinctive signature. The tip of the tongue gets more movement, so it's firmer and chewier in texture, while the root has a tender feel. When tongue is roasted, it's crisp and tasty. There are even raw Wagyu beef dishes on the menu. Looking a lot like tuna sashimi, it's offset by a sweet mustard sauce. 
Even the most seasoned Wagyu fan is sure to find something new in this cornucopia of barbecue, sushi-inspired dishes, beef curries and more.